0: This is Guns and Butter.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. What it is exactly
2: clear. There's a man with a gun over there. Most people think of the economy as being producing uh, goods and services and paying labor to buy uh, uh, what it produces. Uh, but uh, a, a growing part of the economy. In every country, has been the finance, insurance, and real estate sector, the asset and debt uh, structure. And uh, more and more money is sucked out of the production and consumption economy uh, to pay uh, the fire sector, and uh, that's what shrinks markets and causes uh, debt deflation. Uh, if you pay uh, the banks, you have less to spend on goods and services.
0: I'm Bonnie Faulkner. Today on Guns and Butter, Dr. Michael Hudson. Today's show the slow crash. Dr. Hudson is a financial economist and historian. He is president of the Institute for the Study of Long-Term Economic Trend, a Wall Street financial analyst, and distinguished research professor of economics at the University of Missouri-Kansas City. His 1972 book, Super Imperialism, the Economic Strategy of American Empire, is a critique of how the United States exploited foreign economies through the IMF and World Bank. His latest book is Killing the Host, How Financial Parasites and Debt Destroy the Global Economy. Due out soon, Jay is for Junk Economics. Today, we discuss in detail the concept of debt deflation, housing, student loan, and automobile debt, the oil market, the stock market, negative interest rates, currencies, and the shrinking of the real economy. Michael Hudson, welcome.
2: It's good to be here again, Bonnie.
0: You have indicated that as a result of United States and European debt deflation, that there is an economic slowdown. First of all, how would you define deflation?
2: How would I define deflation? Deflation, uh, there are two kinds of deflation. Most people think of it as prices uh, going down. Uh, But monetary deflation and debt deflation is uh, what happens when people have to spend more and more of their income uh to pay down the debts that they've run up uh to pay their mortgage debt uh to pay the credit card debt uh, to pay student loans and today uh people are having to spend so much of their money more and more uh to acquire a house to get an education uh that they don't have enough to spend on uh goods and services except by running into yet more debt on their credit cards or uh, uh other uh, borrowings And uh, the result is that markets are slowing down, and deflation means uh, a slowdown uh, of income, markets shrink, investments taper off, and uh, uh, employment tapers off, wages taper off. And uh, that is what's happening as deliberate policy in Europe and the United States.
0: Well, thank you for that, because that is confusing, because I think uh, a lot of people Uh, consider deflation simply a decrease in price. Does that have anything to do with it?
2: Well, uh, it begins with uh, having to uh, uh, pay uh, uh, debts and uh, to drain income from the circular flow between production and consumption, between what people are paid uh, when they go to work and uh, the things that they buy. When they have deflation, deflation is a leakage in the circular flow to pay the banks and the real estate, uh, called uh, the fire sector, finance, insurance, and real estate. And this leakage leaves less and less of the uh, average paycheck. To be spent on goods and services, and so markets shrink. And the result is that, uh, yes, uh, some uh, prices go down uh, when people can't afford to buy them anymore. There are more sales, uh, there's shrinkage, uh, but especially incomes go down. And uh, real incomes in the United States have been drifting down for uh, 30 years. Uh, because there just uh, is slower and slower demand. That's why uh, uh, Bernie Sanders and uh, Donald Trump are getting so many votes, because people know uh, that when uh, Hillary Clinton said she's going to do just what Obama does and we're going to continue to recover, most people know that we're not recovering at all and uh, we're shrinking.
0: So then deflation has a lot more to do with disposable income than it does with prices
2: that 's exactly correct, and that 's what is rarely pointed out uh, uh, because people assume that uh, the uh, the economists uh, mainstream act as if paying a debt is just like going out and buying a car, buying more food or buying more clothes, but it really isn 't uh, when you pay a debt to the banks. Uh, uh, the banks uh, use this money uh, to lend out to uh, to somebody else or to yourself, uh, and the interest charges on this debt go up and up and up. Uh, and as you have to pay more interest and in amortization on what you owe, you you're left with less and less money uh, for goods and services. So uh, basically, and unless you're willing to write down debts and save the economy. Uh, you're going to have uh, deflation and uh, uh, a steady drain in, uh, what, in uh, purchasing power and a drain uh, in markets.
0: So then the relationship between debt and deflation, so increasing debt creates more deflation, would you say that's the
2: case? Yes. This is, uh, in the, uh, the 1930s, Irving Fisher wrote a, an article called Debt Deflation, Uh, And uh, that basically established the term uh, that uh, paying money for debt leaves less money to buy goods and services.
0: And oftentimes people wonder, well, what's wrong with deflation? We're always hearing about worries about inflation. But what is the uh, danger in deflation as you've defined it?
2: uh that markets shrink and unemployment goes up and wages go down and living standards decline uh, and we say people worry it's only bondholders that worry uh the uh labor force benefited from uh, the inflation of the uh, 50s and the 60s and the 70s uh uh in- inflation usually helps the economy at large it doesn't help the 1% so the 1% says so this is terrible Anything that doesn't help the 1% is bad, but uh, don't believe it. Uh, when they say inflation is bad, deflation is good, what they mean is more money for us is good. We're all for asset price inflation. We're all for uh, uh, housing prices going up, and we're all for our stock and bond prices going up. We're just against uh, uh, y- your workers getting more uh, income.
0: Right, because inflation puts more money, I guess, in circulation, and, and we get... More as a, as a worker, for instance.
2: Well, now, if you're growing, then uh, people want to employ more workers uh, uh, to buy and sell and market and do do all the things uh, that uh, are required. And if you hire more labor, then wages go up. So the one percent always wants uh, to keep uh, a heavy unemployment uh, background. Uh, It used to be called the Reserve Army of the Unemployed, because if you can keep unemployment high, then you prevent wages from rising. Uh, And that's what's uh, happened since the 1970s here. Uh, Wages have not uh, risen, uh, but the price of the things that the 1% buy have risen. Stocks, bonds, uh, trophy, art, and things like that.
0: So if I were to ask you what is wrong with deflation generally, would the answer then be that, it constitutes an economy that is shrinking.
2: That's exactly it. Lower wages, lower living standards, and more money uh, siphoned off to the top of the the pyramid, to the creditors. Uh, When there's deflation, it means that although most markets are shrinking and people have less to spend, it means that the 1% that hold the 99% in debt are getting uh, all this money. Deflation means money is being sucked from the 99% and paid to the 1% who are the creditors.
0: Well, Michael, it it sounds like uh, in your definition of a debt deflation that you are describing exactly what's going on here in the United States and also in Europe, wouldn't you say?
2: Yep, that's uh, exactly what's happening, and uh, that's what I talked about in uh, Killing the Host.
0: All sectors of the economy are certainly not deflating, that is, if we're going to talk about prices uh, narrowly. What about the housing market? Are we looking at a housing bubble?
2: Uh, certainly not a bubble yet. Uh, you have 25% uh, of American uh, homes where uh, in uh, negative equity, that is, uh, the mortgages are higher than uh, the uh, market value of the uh, housing is worth. So you still have, uh, for many people, uh, the uh, mortgages that they took out before 2008 uh, are so high uh, that they would be much better off walking away from their uh, houses. Uh, It's called jingle mail, mailing the keys back to the bank and saying, you can have the house, Uh, uh, I'm not going to pay this, I can buy the house next door that's just like this for uh, uh, 20% uh, less, and I'm going to save money, Uh, and that's what uh, smart people do, that's what uh, someone like Donald Trump or a real estate investor would do, Uh, but the banks are trying to convince the uh, mortgage debtors, the homeowners, not to uh, act in their own self-interest.
0: Yes, I live in Northern California in the Bay Area, so I guess this is a sort of an exception to what's going on overall across the country.
2: That's because it's a very rich area, and uh, uh, houses in expensive areas are going up, but uh, not quite so much as they used to so luxury luxury housing and expensive areas are going up gated communities are going up Uh, it's good news for burglar alarm uh, uh, manufacturers because crime is going up in and uh, other areas but for uh, uh, sort of blue-collar income neighborhoods and even uh, middle-class neighborhoods uh, there has not been uh, much of a recovery
0: And, of course, it looks like the Bank of America is going back into the subprime loan business, albeit in league with the U.S. government. What do you make of Bank of America's new affordable loan program, which offers 3% down mortgages with no mortgage insurance and partners with Freddie Mac and something called the Self-Help Ventures Fund?
2: This reflects the degree to which the banks have been able to capture uh, the housing, uh, Federal Housing Authority and uh, Freddie Mac and uh, the government to uh, try to reinflate inflate uh, the real estate bubble. Uh, the myth that they're promoting is that if the uh, housing prices go up, then Americans will be richer meaning that they'll have enough uh somebody will have enough money uh to buy uh, the houses from mortgage defaulters and uh, pay the banks the mortgage but actually high housing prices uh don't help the economy at all everybody would be better off if they could buy housing for uh, uh only let's say 1 quarter uh of their income uh as used to be the case uh, uh, fifty years ago uh... and uh, if they'd have to uh... save up and uh... uh... make a uh, higher down payment which would give them more equity but instead uh... the banks are saying well uh... we want to uh... Eh, give enough credit that somehow uh... It, it's going to bid up uh, housing prices again and prevent banks from having bad mortgages the whole idea of uh... promoting uh... Low down payments is to try to push prices back up, so that uh, fewer houses are going to be in negative equity, and fewer people are going to just walk away uh, from the mortgages, leaving the banks uh, holding the bag and taking a loss on on all of this.
0: The FHA is offering subprime loans as well, isn't that right?
2: For three and a half percent down payment, this was unheard of when I first went into Wall Street in nineteen sixty one uh i was working uh for the, the savings bank's trust company that was the uh, central bank for the savings banks and they were the main uh, mortgage lenders and uh, at that time uh the rule of thumb was uh you needed a 30% uh, down payment uh, equity and enough money so that uh uh when the banks made a loan the property would have to go down uh by 30% uh to make uh, the bank in trouble uh and that was the homeowner's equity that was uh, uh, at risk and that was the security for the bank well now suppose that uh, a homeowner puts down only 3% of their own money or 3.5% for the FHA. That means if prices go down only by 3%, that all of a sudden the house will be a negative equity and it will pay the homeowner just to walk away and say, wait a minute, uh, the a house now is worth less than the mortgage I owe. What do I have to have it for? I think I'm going to just move out and uh, buy a cheaper house. So uh, it's very risky when you have only a uh, three or three and a half percent uh, equity uh, uh, for the loan. The bank really isn't left uh, with much. Now the banks uh, argue, "Well, wait a minute. We're making these loans to people with good credit ratings, and so they have enough money, even if the house goes down uh, uh, below." Of the value of the mortgage, they have enough money to pay anyway. But the banks are taking a risk that uh, the the banks are taking a risk uh, that the homeowner is going to be uh, naive enough uh, not to walk away and leave the bank uh, holding the debt. So it's it's very risky. It, uh, it it's a degree of risk that uh, before uh, Alan Greenspan's tenure at the Fed, no bank would have taken.
0: I'm speaking with financial economist and historian, Dr. Michael Hudson. Today's show, The Slow Crash. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. Well, now, why would the United States government be encouraging these risky loans?
2: Because the United States government is uh, dominated mainly by the uh, financial uh, uh, insurance and real estate uh, lobby, uh, the fire sector, uh, it's called regulatory capture. Uh, the the uh, real estate interests and the banks uh, together are a kind of symbiosis. And uh, they're uh, the largest growing part of the economy. And uh, this is the sector that backs uh, the... Uh, political campaigns of uh, of senators and uh, presidents and congressmen, uh, and uh, they make sure that their people dominate uh, the Federal Reserve uh, and the federal housing uh, uh, agencies.
0: And just for clarification, why would the banks themselves be pushing these risky loans if there's a, a high degree of default?
2: Well, when you say bank, a bank is a building uh the building doesn't do anything because it it's uh, a set of computers and chairs and things uh the bankers are the people who are running uh the uh the banks and they're the uh managed, the chief officers uh, the financial officers uh, the vice presidents uh and they push the loans because they don't care if they go bad if they can push the loans and make more uh money uh and bonuses on the profits that the bank makes uh they get paid uh higher bonuses They may get stock options, and if the bank goes under, they get to keep all of these salaries and the options, and uh, the government uh, will bail out the bank, and uh, uh, these guys will take their money and run, which is pretty much what they're doing now. I think we're in the the take-the-money-and-run stage of the economy. Uh, And so uh, the banks may go under, but the bankers who make the policy uh, clean up.
0: Yes, thank you for that distinction. That's a good one. And uh, what about automobile loans? You've referred to them as junk loans. How do you mean?
2: Well, uh, there have been uh, a, a large uh, increase in uh, loans to people to buy uh, autos to get to work. And they've, uh, just like they've lowered the lending standards on getting home mortgages, they've lowered the standards on auto loans. And so the default rates on automobile loans uh, uh, are going up, uh, more and more defaults on that. Uh, repossessions of autos are going up. Uh, It's become a common sight in the neighborhood, uh, many neighborhoods. Uh, And so uh, banks are uh, losing on uh, defaults on uh, auto loans, just as uh, defaults are happening more and more on student loans uh, and still uh, going on in the mortgage market.
0: And then, of course, you mentioned the student loan debt. How big is it?
2: well it's about 1.3 trillion dollars by now uh the government has guaranteed the student loan debt so the banks will make loans to students often they'll get the parents to countersign but the banks uh really make money whether the students pay or not because the government uh, has promised to pay the banks uh if the uh, loans go bad so uh the fact that you have government guaranteed student loans has created a whole new sector in the American economy that didn't really exist before private universities uh that sell junk degrees uh, uh that don't help the students but uh, uh they'll they'll tell the students you know we're going to help you get a better job uh we will uh, give you the loan you don't have to pay a penny for the education uh, they'll give them the loan uh, the student gets the junk degree doesn't get a job uh doesn't pay the loan uh and so the government uh, uh, pays the bank anyway at a pretty high interest rate uh, 7 or 8% uh, plus uh, all the penalties that the banks charge. Uh, and so it, it's, uh, the student loan is a way of uh, uh, organizing a giveaway to the banks uh, and to the junk universities.
0: Is it true that one cannot declare bankruptcy on student debt and that the
2: default... That's that's right. Someone in Congress said, well, wait a minute. We want to make sure the government can collect uh, and and the taxpayer doesn't lose on this. So uh, uh, these loans are not subject to uh, being written down. By a bankruptcy uh normally uh, somebody goes bankrupt, you wipe out the debt and you get a fresh start uh, but that 's not permitted now with student loans, so the effect is that it 's uh impoverishing uh, uh many graduates who uh, graduate with very high uh, uh, prices uh, you know just like a house is worth whatever a bank is going to lend uh, against it, an education is worth whatever uh, the bank is going to lend the student to pay the university. So the availability of government-guaranteed student loans has uh, vastly inflated the cost of education, just like it's inflated the cost of housing. Uh, But in housing, whereas you have jingle mail and you can walk away and leave the bank holding the bag, uh, in the case of student loans, it follows you uh, through life. And uh, uh, the banks or government will turn it over to uh, collection agencies that are not very nice uh, people and can do all sorts of uh, uh, harassing things and move against you, and it's becoming a nightmare.
0: Well, I also uh, have read that with regard to student loans, that they can attach your salary. They can even attach your Social Security check.
2: Even the Social Security, that's correct and that's in the case of mainly of parents who have uh Carter signed for loans for their children and uh their social security can be uh, sequestered uh and attached by uh, uh collection agencies that are uh Trying to get uh, these awful loans. So what this has done is uh, create a uh, most of the defaults are on junk education, the private education system. Education is something that should not not be uh, organized on a for profit basis because if it's uh, for profit basis, uh, its purpose is not to provide an education, not to uh, teach uh, students how to get more work, but how to get a free giveaway from the government on making junk loans that are defaulted on. Uh, and just sort of uh, wrecking uh, the futures of uh, the graduates that uh, fall for uh, uh, the false promises that are being made.
0: Now, the default rate on these student loans is pretty high, isn't it?
2: Yes, uh, high and rising.
0: And then there's also, I noticed, something called a workout, where they adjust your payment length and other factors to keep you from defaulting
2: they uh it, they try to prevent defaults because uh if banks show higher default rates uh, uh this gets the regulators to say that well you're going to need higher reserves uh, capital reserves uh, against these default rates. So uh, they say, well, we'll stretch out the loan, uh, we'll give you more years to pay, we'll slow it down. Uh, but the workout really just increases the overall ultimate uh, amount of debt service that has to be paid, and it's uh, living in the short term. And that's part of the problem with the financial sector. Uh, banks and the financial sector live in the short run, not the long run. And the government is supposed to, in principle, uh, make regulations that help the economy over time, but once it's taken over by the financial sector, the government lives in the short run too, and the economy shrinks.
0: There's a technology boom in the San Francisco Bay Area. Do you think that this tech boom could be in a bubble?
2: Uh, it's only in a bubble if uh, the prices of technology uh firms are going up uh in the stock market and right now uh the stock market is funded on credit uh just as the housing market and the student loan market so uh one of the reasons the federal reserve is keeping the interest rates low uh with a quantitative easing uh and the low interest rates is to uh keep sending uh, the flow of credit into the stock market uh the other thing keeping the stock market up uh both for technology stocks and others are these companies are using uh a lot of their income for stock buybacks not uh new investment and they're trying to pay out uh in dividends uh so t- to the extent that companies uh use uh, financial engineering rather than industrial engineering to uh increase uh, uh the price of their stock uh you're going to have uh, a bubble, but it's not uh, considered a bubble because the government is uh, uh, behind it and it hasn't broken yet. A bubble is only called after it splits, after the insiders get out, leaving the pension funds and the small investors and Canadians and other sort of naive investors holding the bag.
0: Well, now, in terms of keeping the stock market up, I thought that the Fed had ended QE. Uh
2: QE is still going on if uh... you have an objective of holding interest rates uh... low at uh, one tenth of a percent uh... and the federal reserve continues uh... to make sure that interest rates are low so it's all part of the process of uh, zero interest rates are, now they're talking about even negative interest rates uh... to make sure that uh, to guarantee wall street gains.
0: Well, that was going to be my next question as to what your opinion is of these negative uh, interest rates. That is, there's a lot of talk of, uh, you know, if you have a bank account, you have to pay the bank rather than vice versa.
2: The, the idea is, number one, that the banks won't have to pay interest on your account. They'll actually uh, pay you less and less while they're making uh, uh, 29% on uh, many of their uh, uh credit card loans while they're making a killing on student loans while they may uh they can uh pay you less and less and they can make uh more and more increasing their profit margins uh so that's part of the problem but the the big strategy of the fed is to show people uh gee do you want your money to go down in the bank or do you want to put it in the stock market they're trying to uh push money into the stock market into hedge funds so that they'll temporarily bid up prices And then all of a sudden the Fed can uh, raise interest rates, let the stock market prices collapse, and uh, the people will lose even more in the stock market than they would have by the negative interest rates in the bank. So it's part of a uh, a pro-Wall Street uh, uh, financial engineering gimmick.
0: Oh, that's very interesting, the effect that the negative interest rate then would have on stock market prices. I hadn't thought of that
2: yeah they're trying to convince people that uh, uh, do you want your savings deposits go down or do you want to uh, get a dividends uh, uh, return and buy stocks and so if a lot of money goes into the stock market it'll push up prices making money for stock speculators then the insiders can decide okay time to sell out uh, market will plunge uh, markets always go down much faster than they go up that's what happens when there's a crash that's why it's called a crash uh, and it's uh, uh, the people who They've put their money into the stock, so all of a sudden find that the stock prices have, are no longer being supported by uh, uh, the debt uh, uh, leveraging that's been holding them up.
0: I'm speaking with financial economist and historian Dr. Michael Hudson. Today's show, The Slow Crash. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. I understand that former president of Harvard University, Larry Summers, has proposed the banning of large denomination currency, i.e., $100 bills. Similar proposals are being made regarding the euro. What do you make of this?
2: I think uh, something like three-quarters of American currency is held abroad uh, by uh, uh, by drug dealers, by tax evaders, uh, uh Russians, uh, Chinese, uh, other people think that, uh, well, they want to protect themselves uh, against uh, uh, their own currency going down. Uh, And when you have 75% of of the currency and even more of the $100 bills being held abroad, you think, wait a minute, do these people, uh, uh, are these people that we really want to pay? and if you get rid of the $100 bills it's going to be much harder to pay uh, during the uh, uh the bush uh, administration and the uh, the war in Iraq uh, there were whole plane loads of shrink-wrapped $100 bills that were used uh, to buy off uh, the soldiers that are, are now ISIS uh they bought off the uh, uh the sunni uh, uh army they bought off the corrupt uh uh... gangs uh... and essentially isis has been fueled by uh... these uh... shrink-wrapped uh... uh billions of hundred dollar bills uh... that the u.s uh... used to make sure that uh... uh to pay them to fight uh, the people that we want to fight uh... people who want to control their own currency or people who want to be independent such as syria uh... uh... or russia or other countries so this basically is an attempt to uh... Uh, to hurt uh, drug dealers and uh, uh, people who uh, America doesn't like.
0: Well, actually, I was thinking that banning these uh, larger denomination bills, well, it would take a lot of currency out of circulation, for one thing, It seems to me that it would hurt. This is not
2: currency that circulates. These $100 bills don't circulate. It's like, uh, you know, the old joke of wine. uh, It's either for drinking or it's for uh, trading. So, uh, you know, wine prices will go up, and, uh, you know, once in a while, somebody will buy a 50-year-old bottle of wine and say, wait a minute, this has gone bad. And uh, the answer is, well, that wine isn't for drinking, that's for trading. These $100 bills aren't to circulate. They're not to uh, spend on goods and services. They're, they're a store of value. They're, uh, they're a form of saving.
0: Well, you know, Michael, when I am in line at, say, Costco uh, here in California, it's a, it's a big major store, I see people at the checkout counter pull out rolls of $100 bills to pay their their food bill with. Um, It seems to me that $100 bills, well, now that prices of food basically is so high, people actually use these bills.
2: That's correct. But the people who use these bills, that's only about uh, 10 or 15 percent of all the $100 bills that are in circulation. And the vast majority of $100 bills are abroad, not in the United States. So, yes, of course there's a use uh, here. But nowhere near as much as uh, there's a use for hundred-dollar bills abroad. Uh, by contrast, in China, the uh, largest denomination bill they have is a hundred yen, uh, and that's maybe seven dollars. So uh, here you have a whole economy working uh, with only a, a seven-dollar note as its largest denomination. Uh, the euro wants to get rid of the five hundred uh, uh, euro bill, uh, just as the United States. Years ago, got rid of the thousand dollar bill because only the criminals use thousand dollar bills.
0: Well, don't you also think, though, that getting rid of hundred dollar bills is going to hurt the uh, the little guy? Maybe the guy that's uh, working for uh, for cash under the table. Maybe they're skirting taxes. But wouldn't banning hundred dollar bills also hurt the the you know the people that are on the edge to begin with?
2: It's not that hard to have two fifties instead of a hundred. Uh, it, it it really isn't that hard to use smaller denominations, and that's why I mentioned China.
0: The price of oil is very low by historical standards. There are even reports of a gasoline glut in addition to an oil glut. Is the low oil price due to speculation or oversupply?
2: Uh, High prices can be uh, the result of speculation, uh, and maybe plunging prices can be, uh, can be attributed to the end of speculation, but low prices aren't caused by speculation. That's oversupply, mainly by Saudi Arabia, uh, that's intended uh, to flood the market with low-priced oil uh, to, to uh, discourage uh, rival oil producers, whether it's uh, Russian oil or American fracking.
0: Now, what does the price of oil have to do with debt deflation? Is there a relationship there?
2: No, it's different. Debt deflation is when there's less uh, money that people have to spend on goods and services, and oil going down is a function of the supply and demand uh, of oil in the market. It's a separate phenomenon.
0: So so the oil glut is real, that there's too much oil. Yes. I see. Okay.
2: Yes, it's real.
0: And then, of course, uh, perhaps the lower oil prices, and you mentioned Saudi Arabia flooding the market with oil, that this could also constitute, do you think, a financial war against Russia and Venezuela? I guess you've implied
2: that. Uh, That's why the United States uh, wasn't unhappy uh, to see this. Uh, So, yes, it's a kind of financial war as a byproduct uh, of all of this. Uh, 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 Recently, there have been a lot of uh, talks between Russia and Saudi Arabia to try to resolve uh, this in one way or another.
0: What about fracking and tar sands and new technology in general? What effect does new technology have on the oil price?
2: Uh, It increased uh, fracking uh, and, therefore, it increased the supply uh, of oil and gas so uh... it just contributed the part of the oversupply but because it was very high-priced uh... uh oil and gas uh... It has not really uh... been responsible for uh... the flooding of the markets uh... at below the cost of production in other words oil now as a result of the saudi uh... production is priced so low that not only are uh, there are not going to be new fracking uh, investments made, but a lot of the existing companies that have gone into fracking, very heavily debt leveraged, are beginning to default on their loans, uh, and the next wave of default uh, banks are talking about uh, is probably going to be in the fracking industry when uh, the costs of production are so much more than they can end up getting for the oil uh, that they just uh, stop producing and stop paying their loans.
0: Well, with the price of oil lower than the cost of production, is this a dangerous situation for the economy in general or not?
2: Not for the economy in general, no, only for the frackers uh I mean I think the less fracking there is the better it is for the economy and society. Uh, uh, you have a choice either you can have more oil or more clean water. Uh and fracking is not good for the water supply. So uh nothing could be uh, better for the economy than to get rid of uh uh fracking and to uh to uh, discourage that. So uh, what's bad for the frackers usually is good for the economy.
0: I had asked you about reinflating commodity prices, and you said that it's hard to inflate commodity prices without massive hoarding. How do you mean?
2: Well, in the case of uh, the oil spike a few years ago, uh, there have been a number of studies that showed that almost all of the uh, demand for oil that suddenly pushed it up, uh, was uh, the speculative demand? People began to uh, speculate not only in stocks and bonds and uh, real estate, but also in commodities. And uh, people were there. The market had gone up for old tankers that were used simply to store oil in. A lot of the oil was simply being stored, and the same thing happened in the uh, metals market. Uh, speculators were buying metals uh, simply to store away. Uh, thinking that maybe they can push the price up. Uh, um, I remember 50 years ago when the price of silver went up from about uh, uh, $3 an ounce to almost $50 an ounce. Uh, and at that time, only the small buyers and the Canadians uh, were buying uh, Silver and then it was all left to collapse back to about three dollars uh, an ounce. So you you have speculative uh, uh, binges uh, in these. I, I I don't think it uh, that the governments should permit speculation in raw materials because they're uh, the they're what the economy basically needs. Uh, the effect of this speculation was to push up the prices that China had to pay uh, to countries like Australia. Uh, and to squeeze China, uh, and once the speculative demand ended, all of a sudden the added production facilities that had been brought into production by uh, the high prices uh, went out of production again, and uh, there was a glut.
0: The price of gold is going back up. To what do you attribute the reversal in gold prices?
2: Uh, There are so many uh, international financial currency exchange rate problems that uh, people are buying gold as a safe haven. Uh right now gold looks like a uh, a safe haven if the uh international uh, exchange rates break down and uh, the United States is pushing as uh, policy uh a division of the world into rival currency camps. Uh, uh the dollar area on the one hand and uh, uh the Russia Chinese Shanghai Cooperation Organization group on the other. Uh, especially now that the IMF has changed its rules, uh, so that uh, people think, well, if there are rival currency uh, groupings and if uh, national currencies are all going bust, uh, we might as well use gold as a, uh, a safe uh, safe haven. Uh,
0: yes, we did a, an entire program on the change in IMF rules. That was very, very important. So... In in terms of these uh, rival uh, currency camps, I guess you see the the international financial system breaking down. What do you think the timeline is going to be on this? It's already starting, right?
2: Yeah, probably later this afternoon. <laughs> I mean, it's ongoing. You're saying, uh, I mean, look at Ukraine. Uh, it, it's, uh, the, the hernia, its currency is plunging. Uh, steadily. Uh, the euro is uh, really in a problem. Greece uh, 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 is, is problematic as to whether it can uh, uh, pay the debts. The IMF is uh, threatening not to be part of the Troika with the uh, European Central Bank and the European Union uh and making more loans uh to enable Greece to pay the bondholders and uh, the banks so uh euro is in trouble britain uh is having a uh referendum as to whether to withdraw from the european community that looks uh, more and more like it may do so so the whole world politics is in turmoil uh, not to mention uh, the mid east uh where the us is uh you know mounted uh from uh libya to iraq to syria you know, the whole uh, ISIS uh, phenomenon, uh, uh, attacking governments that uh, uh, want a pipeline that go through their country instead of where the U.S. wants it to go.
0: I'm speaking with financial economist and historian Dr. Michael Hudson. Today's show, The Slow Crash. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. Do you think that the United States is conducting a financial war against Europe?
2: Uh, that's the byproduct. Uh, the financial war is aimed at May, uh, first of all at China, secondly at Russia, uh, but Europe is uh, the uh, the collateral damage in this. Uh, because the natural geopolitical arrangement is for Europe uh, to be part of Eurasia, to uh, dev- uh, especially for Germany uh, to develop trade and investment relationships with Russia, uh, but the U.S. opposition uh, to Russia and China uh, has entailed sanctions uh against Russia and uh Russia in turn has made counter sanctions against Europe so uh Europe is essentially sacrificing its opportunities for trade and investment in order to uh remain part of NATO uh, and is also agreeing to bomb uh, Syria and the Near East, creating a wave of refugees that now it doesn't know what to do with. And it's amazing that Europe says, What are we going to do with these refugees? And it's as if it doesn't realize that by being part of NATO and bombing these countries, so uh, giving them the choice, do you want to live by uh, fleeing or do you want to stay and get bombed, uh, that uh, Europe is creating the flight of refugees that's uh, tearing it apart politically and leading the uh, right wing nationalist parties. Uh, to uh, gain power that want to withdraw from the eurozone. So uh, Europe is acting in a very self-destructive manner, uh, but it's doing so because it, it's trying to be loyal to the United States. And most of the European leaders look at themselves as uh, having to follow the United States because otherwise if the U.S. opposes them, there will be a regime change.
0: Yes, it seems as though it's more important to the United States to conduct this uh, financial war against uh, Russia and China than it is. It's, it's as if the United States is willing to sacrifice Germany and the rest of Europe over it.
2: Well, I don't know. When you say the United States, uh, no. we're talking about really uh, the neocons and a particular group within the US government. Um uh, uh the neocons are led, you know, by the uh the old uh, Bush Cheney people including uh, uh Obama who is uh, to the right of even Cheney uh and uh, Hillary Clinton that also is to the right of Cheney. I mean these are the uh uh Hillary uh says that we should go back into Libya, uh that we should fight even more uh and she said that uh uh Putin is Hitler
0: You say that the real economy is suffering debt deflation, and by the real economy you mean goods and services and real production, not the asset markets of the 1%. So then would you say that there are two different economies?
2: That's the... essence of uh, the books that I'm writing. Uh, that was what I was uh, describing both in the bubble and beyond and later in killing the host. Uh, most people think of the economy as being producing uh, goods and services and paying labor to buy uh, uh, what it produces. Uh, but uh, a a growing part of the economy in every country has been the finance, insurance, and real estate sector, the asset and debt uh, uh, structure. And uh, more and more money is sucked out of the production and consumption economy uh, to pay uh, the fire sector, uh, and uh, that's what shrinks markets and causes uh, debt deflation. Uh, If you pay uh, the banks, you have less to spend on goods and services.
0: You have said that one could even say that China's slowdown is a reflection of lower exports to the U.S. and Europe as their economies shrink. In what ways would you say that our economy is shrinking? How would you describe it?
2: Well, uh, certainly in the sense of uh, employment, uh, of wage levels, of overall wage payments. If you look at uh, 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 payments uh, to labor is a proportion of uh, uh, national income or gross domestic product. You find profits going way up, uh, uh, investment and savings going up. You have uh, all of the growth in the last uh, 10 years is, uh, of the economy. Uh, the rise in uh, uh, national income uh, has gone to the 1% not to the 99%. So when I say the economy shrinking, it's the economy of the 99%, the people who have to work for a living and depend on uh, earning money uh, for what they can spend. And uh, the 1% uh, makes its money basically by lending out uh, their money to the 99% and charging interest and uh, uh, and on speculating. So the stock market's gone way up. uh, The bond market's gone way up. Uh, and uh, the one percent are uh, earning more money than ever before, but the ninety-nine percent are not. Uh, they're having to pay uh, the one percent. So you want to you want to look at uh, there being uh, the two economies, not only of the one percent but the ninety-nine percent, but the economy of production and consumption. You know how, uh, the uh, the volume of markets of consumer spending on the one hand, and uh, the payments uh, to finance, insurance, and real estate on the other and that includes health care for insurance and uh the FICA wage withholding uh essentially to uh, uh produce more of a uh, a budget surplus uh enabling the government to cut taxes on uh, the higher income brackets they're they're cutting back uh uh pensions uh, one of the big problems in america shrinkage is that the pensions can't be paid and so there're going to be a lot of defaults on pensions here just like uh uh, Europeans are uh, insisting in rolling back pensions, and, and Argentina. So uh, you can look at uh, Greece and Argentina as uh, the future of America.
0: Do you think that there is another two thousand and eight crash in the making? And if so, yes. and if so, will this one look a lot different, or will it be very similar?
2: It has to be very similar. Uh, yes, uh, you uh, the problems of 2008 were never cured. Uh, The Federal Reserve's uh, solution to the uh, crisis was to uh, lend uh, the economy enough money to borrow its way out of debt. And it thought, well, if we can lend homeowners enough money uh, to buy houses from uh, people who are defaulting, uh, then uh, somehow the bank balance sheets are going to be okay. Uh, but the volume of debt was never written down. And uh, mathematically, uh, debts grow by the mathematics of compound interest. Uh, all the interest is simply recycled into new loans, and uh, it grows exponentially uh, faster than uh, the economy at large can afford to pay. Uh, you're having this in Europe, causing instability with Greece, Spain, Portugal, uh, even Italy now. Uh, and you're having it here. and so. Uh, You're also having uh, shrinking markets in Argentina uh, that has just uh, voted in a right-wing government uh, and uh, cut back uh, spending. So uh, you're having government spending on the economy being cut uh, almost everywhere, and uh, that means that the only source of uh, spending for growth has to come from borrowing from the banking system.
0: So then if there is another uh, 2008 crash in the making, you think it will look similar to what then happened?
2: Uh, yes, that that's, that's how it happens. It'll be uh, yet more real estate going down, uh, more bankruptcies, uh, more government giveaways.
0: Now, I remember at that time in 2008, um, the, uh, the, the money market froze up. I remember this. It was uh, really alarming.
2: Well, this is why there's been so much uh, uh, money going into uh, Treasury uh, securities. Uh, Right now, you can buy Treasury securities, and uh, after you pay the management fees, uh, whether it's the Vanguard or someone else, you get... A fraction of one percent, maybe a fraction of zero point one percent is interest, and people are putting their money into treasuries because they worry that uh, the risk uh, of putting their money into uh, into bond market, stock market, or even the money markets is very high. so uh, Vanguard, for instance, for its uh, which is one of the largest money management uh and best uh for the people uh if uh you have a retirement account uh, Vanguard is no longer accepting uh treasury uh, uh bond accounts it's uh... overall money market because so much money is going in wanting to play it safe uh that there aren't enough uh treasury bonds uh to absorb all of this uh flight to safety
0: wow uh so then would you say would you say then it's only a question of time before we hit another financial panic? Yes. What do you make of this Panama offshore banking haven that has hit the news?
2: I haven't followed it that closely uh, because I've been uh, working on uh, completing by the end of the month a new book that I'm coming out with. Jay, it's for junk economics. Uh, so I really haven't followed it. It's uh, uh, apparently uh, the Atlantic Council and uh, the U.S. government has wanted to uh, uh, expose uh, certain uh, uh, politicians that are not uh, on its favorite list. And so it's part of a, uh, uh, a, a political, political stunt. I, I, I haven't looked at the actual details. I noticed that on the uh, newsprint they keep talking about uh, Vladimir Putin, although he hasn't been tied at all. Uh, directly to this. So uh, there's so much propaganda in the way that the popular press has been uh, treating this that uh, it's hard for me to make head or tail of it.
0: Well, that's right. Uh, The propaganda in the mainstream news is actually quite important because in order to try and figure out anything, you have to try and decide what's real and what isn't. And so much of it
2: isn't real. That's right. Right. I, I guess the main thing that came out of the Panama was uh, that uh, Ukrainian uh, president Poroshenko had been uh, had promised to uh, divest of his uh, chocolate company, and instead he simply moved it into an offshore account. And even on the very day that he was. Uh, um, uh, increasing the attacks on the eastern Donbas region of Ukraine, uh, the export sector. He was uh, signing uh, documents to uh, uh, conceal his own money offshore. So uh, the uh, the expose of the Panama money laundering uh, has hit uh, uh, some of the dictators that uh, America is uh, uh, protecting and promoting.
0: Would you like to describe your new book, Michael?
2: Well, it's basically a set of uh, definitions uh, on uh, junk economics, and uh, showing that uh, what uh, people usually uh, receive in the mainstream is what George Orwell would call doublethink. Uh, it's a kind of euphemism. Uh, they call when people are running up more and more debt for housing, they call that real wealth. Uh, it, it it exposes uh, what's wrong in the uh, mainstream economics and why most of the economics that justifies uh, austerity programs uh, and economic shrinkage is uh, in the textbooks is uh, just uh, not scientific but uh, junk uh, junk economics denies the role of debt and denies uh, uh, the fact that the economic uh, system we have now is dysfunctional
0: is there anything that uh, you would like to say that you think is most important for people to understand about the present economy? Uh,
2: just that it's run- that the economy has been running primarily uh, uh, by the banks for their own interest, and uh, the bank's product is debt uh and uh, the banks want to make sure that they can get paid for the debt and ultimately uh that only people who can pay the debt are the government because it runs the printing presses uh so that debts ultimately either are paid by the government uh or are paid by a huge transfer of property from debtors to creditors uh or the debts are written off and uh, uh in uh, uh, throughout history the only way of restoring stability is to write down the debts uh, and that is uh, treated now as if it's something that can't uh, be done, but it's the only thing that's going to uh, revive the economy.
0: Michael Hudson, thank you very much.
2: It's good to be here, Bonnie.
0: something here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What it is ain't
1: exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over
0: there. I've been speaking with Dr. Michael Hudson. Today's show has been The Slow Crash. Dr. Hudson is a financial economist and historian. He is president of the Institute for the Study of Long-Term Economic Trend, a Wall Street financial analyst and distinguished research professor of economics at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. His 1972 book, Super Imperialism, the Economic Strategy of American Empire, is a critique of how the United States exploited foreign economies through the IMF and World Bank. He is also author of Trade, Development and Foreign Debt and The Myth of Aid, among many others. His latest book is Killing the Host, How Financial Parasites and Debt Destroy the Global Economy. Due out soon, J is for Junk Economics. Dr. Hudson acts as an economic advisor to governments worldwide, including Iceland, Latvia, and China on finance and tax law. Visit his website at michael-hudson.com. That's michael-hudson.com. Guns and Butter is produced by Bonnie Faulkner, Yaromako, and Tony Rango. Visit us at gunsandbutter.org to listen to past programs, comment on shows, or join our email list to receive our newsletter that includes recent shows and updates. Email us at faulkner at gunsandbutter.org. Follow us on Twitter at GNB Radio.
1: Hey, yo, these are some serious times that we're living in, G. And our new world order is about to begin. You know what I'm saying? Now, the question is are you ready for the real revolution, which is the evolution of the mind? If you seek, then you shall find that we all come from the divine. on the walls of life then universally we will stand and divided we will fall cause love conquers all you understand what I'm saying this is a call to all you sleeping souls wake up and take control of your own cypher and be on the lookout for the spirit sniper trying to steal your life you know what I'm saying look what decides yourself for peace give thanks live life and release you dig me you got me